an ironic media production. Visit us at ironickmedia.com. In this episode, I sit down with Amy Ronick and I answer your questions, the questions that you've submitted through social media or through my emails. So if you haven't yet submitted a question, please do so. I'd love to get the opportunity to answer them on the podcast. So without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to the Affiliate Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this podcast, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll get to witness healings as well as hear from my mentors, teachers, and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for the last 14 years. My connection with energy is so strong and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. I missed you too. It's been a while since we had a chance to talk. It has. And I know that you have reached out to people trying to get what people want to hear um, from you. And I've been talking to friends that, you know, have listened to the podcast and hear what they want to talk about. And I think we have a bunch of really interesting things to talk about today. Cool. Um, The thing that I want to talk about is judgment. I think the world is so judgmental right now. My friend told me a story and I'll tell you the quick story about it. Yeah, yeah. So it has to do with COVID. My friend was down at the beach, was with two other people throughout the time, like would see them once in a while. The two other people that she was with were exposed to someone with COVID. Hmm. So my friend was then exposed. They all went and got their test. My friend who was at the beach was supposed to also see somebody else and said in advance, I want to let you know I was with somebody that was exposed to COVID. I just want to let you know. I'll let you know what the results are. Long story short, it got back to the two people that she got exposed from, if you're following, and they were so pissed at her for telling other people that they were tested because they didn't want their friends and family to worry about them. Hmm. And my friend says, but you need to tell your friends and family because you're exposing them Mm -hmm. when you're with them and they're exposing other people. And she's like, are you judging me? Don't judge me for what I'm doing. Hmm. She's like, I'm not judging you. But you know, at the end of the day, my husband and I talk about this. People that are going out and not worrying about it, that's okay for them. But then they're coming in contact with all these other people. So people are judging people. People are mad that these people are doing this and people are mad that they're doing that. And there's a lot of judgmental things going on, period. Oh my gosh. There's so much judgment going on. There's political stuff, COVID stuff, spiritual stuff. I mean, mask, not mask, black, white, everything. (laughs) It's like- And it feels just so hate. It's so much hate hate and anger and sadness and frustration and negativity. Well, one of the things I I learned very early on was from the four agreements, not to make assumptions. Actually, to be honest, my mom used to say all the time, you know, assuming makes an ass out of you and me. It's true. (laughs) So that was uh, the original Joe Stark at four agreement. Um, (laughs) But, um, you know, honestly, so a lot of people, for instance, like with masks, if somebody's not wearing a mask or if somebody is wearing a mask, they're assuming certain things about them, right? Right. And first of all, it's a lot of wasted mental energy about all those assumptions about what the person's thinking, feeling, doing, or why they're whatever. It also is just going to put you in a negative state of mind because you're looking for how this person is maybe assaulting you or being inconsiderate of your feelings and things like that. Right. They're usually negative thoughts. It's not like, oh, wow, that person's wearing a mask. That's so awesome that they're doing that. And they're protecting me and other people. And I bet they're an awesome person. <laughs> yeah, No one's usually, saying that. <laughs> right, right. They're looking for the danger, right? Like, yeah. so if they're a person wearing a mask and they see someone not wearing a mask, their reticular activating system is looking for someone who is going to infect them because that's what their brain is thinking. I'm going to get infected, right? And that's mm-hmm. why they're wearing the mask. Mm-hmm. So then they'll leap to the judgments and things like that. But I, I really have to warn people that it's really a waste of time because we don't know their history, their story, or why they're not wearing a mask or whatever. It's so interesting because there's so much information out there on both sides of any issue that we're talking about these days, right? There's Mm -hmm. like 
changes in thoughts like constantly. Like, I mean, I just read something about the Black Lives Matter movement yesterday that I was like, wow, huh, that's interesting. And it was contradictory to what I've been hearing, you know, and I feel like we're constantly being bombarded with that, right? You know, right, right. now. But I take all information in and I don't make assumptions. And, you know, I use discernment or my intuition to feel like what resonates with me. And I really feel like that's a great way of going through this information that is just constantly conflicting. Right. And sorting out what makes sense for me. But, you know, back to your question about judgment, it's like at a certain point, we have to just like let go and we have to just say like people are going to do what they're going to do. You know, I love Wayne Dyer because he said that when you judge someone, one finger's pointing at them and three is back at you. Yes. So I like to look at it and say, you know, when I'm judging someone, what am I saying about myself, really? Right. What is the energy in me that really needs to be moved so I can feel better about the situation? That's actually something that um, I really work hard on because the first thing is being mindful of whatever you're doing. I mean, it goes back to being mindful. And if you're aware of your thoughts and you think of something, you're like, you know what? that's negative, that's a negative thought, or that doesn't feel good for me, then you can do something with it. But if you, you know, anything that comes to you, you look at it and then you go, okay, how does this make me feel? What is, you know, if I do this, is it for my higher good or is it not? Does it serve me? Does it not serve me? And you're looking at every single thing. And if, and if things don't feel good to you, you have to write, look at it and be like, why does this not feel good? What is it triggering me? What is it about me that's making me feel that way? Right. Is that what you're trying so, to say? Yeah, exactly. So a lot of the judgment is because people feel unsafe, right? You know, in, in various ways. They think that if they uh, have a very restricted, rigid belief system, then they are they feel safe, right? right. So like when we have little in kids, control. right, they're in control of their their reality, right? They think that. But really their reality is based on what other people are doing, which is like probably the opposite of what they're doing, right? So that's the boundary. And people are going to constantly do what they want to do. Like you can't control other people. You can control how you react to other people, right? right? So if your friend, for instance, in this case, you know, she was like, I don't want people telling people my business, you know, that's a very interesting perspective and it's hard to really feel the same, you know, at this time about that kind of thing, uh, especially because there's so much disclosure and so much openness about like, you right. know, with contact tracing and all that other stuff that's going on, right. you know. It's I hard mean, not to judge people and be upset with people about how they're acting. Right, because they really are trying to have us rat on people, you know, just to use that terminology because right. that's what it sounds like, right? Right, it is. Um, yeah. they, they want us to expose people who are not conforming, right? Mm-hmm. And people have various reasons for why they conform or don't conform. And like I said, a lot of it has to do with safety. So for her sake, she felt like it was better for her not to. Mm-hmm. And that for me, I just pull back and I say, okay, that's who that person is. And now I know how far I can throw them, right? Like the, yes. I know what I can expect from them. Like I know yeah. where I stand with them and what I can expect in the future with them, or at least they're leading me to understand that. Exactly. That's a, that's a, decisions based on that. Yeah. That's a tough question, you know, when it comes to like that disclosure and stuff like that. Yeah. But I mean, like people, I think a lot of times you do have to look inward and what is it about me and why, why am I fearful? And this is a scary time. So like, what do we do about being scared? And you know, what are different options for us to, to basically lower our fear level? Because, you know, everybody says when you're scared and when you're anxious and it's not good for your, it's not good for anything. It's, it lowers your immune system. And right. And so that's the thing is like, if you really zoom out of that situation, you probably are being exposed constantly when you go and do an errand or whatever, even whether you're wearing a mask or not, whether you're in your same house with your family members even, you know, and not wearing masks. The thing is, is that we need to pull our energy back and just know that we, like you said, we can take care of our immune system in certain ways. And one of the ways that's been proven to, you know, help our immune system is to lower our stress and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And the other things that we can do also is to boost our immune system by doing healthy things. This is not medical advice. (laughs) Like, you know, drinking green juices and, you know, taking our vitamins and getting enough sleep and, you know, not drinking too much alcohol or, yeah, yeah, taking walks in nature and getting our sunshine and things like that. Those are the ways that I feel boost my immune system and make me mm-hmm. feel 100% or close to 100%. And I think that if my personal take based on many years of being sick, because I was very sick as a child, 
I would say for 30 years almost, I was chronically ill. It got better after 26 years. It started to improve, but after 30 years, I really was thriving. But I, in my opinion, I really saw the impact that changing the foods that you eat have on your body. Like I don't get sick the way that I ever did. You know, I also understand that it's a, it's a response to the environment and health is way more than just a virus. You know, health okay. is really, you know, accumulation of exposure to things that are assaulting your body, which right. is going to raise inflammation, which is going to cause you to get sick. Because, you know, if you keep whittling away at something, it's going to eventually break. Right. And it's really about making your body as strong as possible to fight off whatever comes its way. Because when you right. have these weaknesses or these allergies or these, you know, or you're not eating healthy foods and eating a lot of sugar, it breaks down your immune system and your it body's really not does. healthy to fight it. I mean, I, as I've said before, I've suffered from an autoimmune disease for the past nine, 10 years. And I, food has been a major part of my healing process, eating healthy foods and right. You know, doing yeah, all we were just we talking. About. I just got a uh, Apple Watch. I call it an mm-hmm. iPhone Watch. <laughs> and I call it an iWatch, I, I Apple I, Watch. I call it anything there is. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm glad I'm not the only one. But anyway, yeah. so I got it because, uh, and we actually, Amy and I just noticed we have the same one. Mm-hmm. And I was telling her that you can actually look at your heart rate on there after you eat. Because if you eat something that you're allergic to, it's going to turn your fight or flight response on. And your heart rate's going to go up over 16 beats per minute. So if you eat something and you notice that your heart rate's going up significantly over 16 beats, then that's probably a food that you probably shouldn't be consuming because your body just doesn't agree with it. And it, it's so bizarre because, because I've worked with so many people who are sick and because I've been sick in my life, you mm-hmm. know, even good things can cause an allergic reaction. And I yeah. believe that's like more like a healing crisis. Mm-hmm. I think that it'll cause like a major detox or it will kill off something that's in your body or whatever. But you can have like, let's say spinach and it cause your heart rate to go up, like if you have mm-hmm. an allergy to it. So it's just really about being mindful of whatever it is that you're putting into your body. Yeah. I've eaten things that I found that I was allergic to my homeopathic doctor, apples, oatmeal. I mean, I've eaten apples and oatmeal every week of my life. And I, he tested me. I have a, it's allergy, but it's a really a weakness in my system, in my, right. in my body. So he gives me treats with frequency that are the same frequency of those apples and the the oatmeal, energy water and homeopathic stuff to basically build up my system so that I'm stronger and, you know. Yeah. So it's kind of like giving you low dose to kind of build you up, right? That's what allergy shots are and that's what immunizations are supposed to be. Um, This is just the homeopathic way of doing it. Right. Exactly. It's little (laughs) tiny exposures of it. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, overall, what we want to do is we want to look at the cup and we want to say like, is it full? Is it overflowing like with inflammation? And, you know, one of the ways that we've obviously talked about lots of times on this podcast is your emotional state is really, I feel like the number one thing that needs to be addressed because- absolutely. Yeah. If we're in this panic or fear or, you know, wanting to like mask everybody that we go to the grocery store or near whatever, we want everybody to report to us, then our fight or flight is going to be on and we're not going to be resting and digesting the way that we should. Our sleep quality is going to be shit. That's another thing I do is I track my sleep. I was just telling Mm -hmm. Amy, I got a 97 the other day for my sleep quality. And that's because I manage my thoughts and I make sure that my room is dark and all the other things. I have two sleep podcasts that I've done, so I'm not going to get into it. But, (laughs) um, (laughs) you know, it's really important factor in our overall health is getting enough rest because, you know, if you don't, it raises your insulin levels. You're also going to make poor choices throughout the day. You're not going to exercise. You're not going to probably drink, you know, water or whatever. It impacts everywhere. Yeah, it impacts everything. And so, you know, we want to take a look at like, what are we thinking about constantly? And if it's fear, if it's fear-based, we want to move that out. Um, we want right. to change so that. Narrative. That was actually a question that we had online when you asked as someone was saying, you know, how do you, how do you deal with restless nights? You know, how, right. you know obviously you're not dealing with restless nights at one right now, <laughs> but you, you used to, I remember I used to, yeah. hours to go to sleep. You said it kind of all goes hand in hand with how you make yourself feel better, but Right. And of course there's, yeah, there's hormonal things that go on. If your hormones are jacked up, you're not going to probably sleep through the night well. But I do believe that there are other things that you can be doing to help you sleep through the night. And one of them is tapping, obviously calming the body and the brain. Like I actually have been watching some, to me, they're scary shows. They're not actually really scary to other people. I just get so emotionally invested. And so right before bed, sometimes I will be like, oh, I have to tap. 
you know, or I can't yeah. fall asleep for a few minutes because, you know, it normally, you it takes, yeah, it takes me like five, 10 minutes at most to fall asleep. And, but when I, after I watch these shows, it maybe takes 20 minutes, right. which is really super unusual for me. And I know it's, it's related to that. So anyway, so, I, so I'm very careful. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very careful about what I watch before bed. I'm d- very careful about blue light before bed. So I wear my blue blocking glasses and we keep the lights low if we can. We, you know, we don't turn on all the lights in the house or anything like that before we're going to bed as we're going upstairs or something like that. But that's what I would say. But number one thing, I would just try to let go. I would just say, you know, the only thing I can really control is myself and how I interpret what's going on. And I am going to let go and let God. That's what they say, you know, like Mm -hmm. let the powers that be take over and what is going to be is going to be, you know, and I'm here and I, once you weather enough storms, I think by the time you're like 30, 40, 50, 60, you know, you're like, I've gone through enough. I've been through enough ups and downs that I can really see that this is, that this too shall pass. That's what we say in our family a lot. I love that. I love that phrase. Yeah. And so, yeah. And like, while COVID feels like it's been years um, long and it probably will even feel longer soon, yes. you know, it will pass in the, in the, and long- in the scheme of things. Yeah. It's not in the long term. Right? Yeah. My nephew just hurt himself and he's 15 years old and he, he was uh, in a biking accident and he's okay now. But, you know, the doctor was just saying, like, in the grand scheme of things, this is going to take, a short amount of time to heal. But like right now it's going to feel like a long time, right? Because you're 16 yeah. or 15 and you have to just, you know, not do video games and things like that, like that he wants to do and right. do the things that he wants to do, but we can get through it. And you know, you can get through anything. I really believe that as long as it's not too long or too painful, I really believe right. a lot of things right? more than what we ever really expect we can get through. Absolutely. We can. And with regards to sleeping, I mean, I, I've definitely gotten better at going to sleep, but I, I use the guided meditations to go to sleep. Like I'll do like on YouTube or something like 10 minute guided sleep, deep sleep meditation. And it just, the breathing and then just the relaxing of your body. If you go through each of the body parts, I'm out in like five minutes. My daughter has a hard time, does guaranteed sleep in 12 minutes and done. You know, (laughs) Yeah, totally. You know, it reminded me of after I gave birth to my son, my uh, fight or flight was on, which actually a lot of women's fight or flight is on after they give birth. But mine was probably more related to the fact that my blood pressure was so high because I, you know, I had preeclampsia and it just didn't resolve. I was one of those cases where it lasted for six weeks. And of course, like they put me on medicine, but the medicine didn't work with my genes. I was just, you know, isn't that crazy? I kept being like, I really don't feel well. Like, I feel like I'm crazy. And I can tell, like, uh, it's interesting. I could tell that with uh, high blood pressure, I got negative thinking. Isn't that weird? That is weird. Yeah. I don't know the correlation necessarily other than like your body's probably like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Right. I'm going to die. Because it was right. like, really high. It felt just so at. So right. Bad. Yeah. So, um, so basically I was trying to sleep because I had so little sleep with my son that when it was time, I needed to sleep. So I have um, the Ohm Harmonics. I've showed this to you like a million times. You, that's what got me doing meditation to go to bed. Yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, it's, I thought it was. And there's something that's called deep sleep. And you know that put me to sleep. And it was the only thing that would. I really felt like I had to run the halls because I was <laughs> staying actually at a hotel right next to my son because then he had a problem. But whatever. <laughs> um, I was like, I want to run the halls. But of course, I just had a baby and I wasn't allowed to even run or barely right. walk, you know? So that's what it felt like I needed to just get the energy out of me. And yeah. all of a sudden, what the deep sleep from Ohm Harmonics does is it trains your brainwaves to go into that deep theta, d- right. delta sleep, I guess it is. And it worked like magic. Yeah, it's great. It uses binaural beats. Um, yeah. So you wear earbuds. Yeah, you turned me on to that. And I used to be like, Mark, let's listen to this. Come on, let's listen to this. He'd be like, nah, I'm not interested. Now he like meditates more than I do. But, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I love it. I mean, there's a fo- There's a deep sleep. There's a focus. There's yep. like there's a bunch of different ones. They have a 15 minute and a 30 minute. It's Mind Valley is the, uh, I subscribe yeah. to it. Oh, so do you, is that how you get it? Because I, I have had it for so long that I had the CD that I uploaded to my computer that I then oh, put yeah. on. Oh, yeah. It might be available, but mindvalley.com. It's a great portal. They have great speakers and all sorts of people. But yeah, I'm a member of the Mind Valley community. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Actually, to be honest, um, I use the Awakening version. Anytime I do a podcast, anytime I do a session, that's really what connects me with the oneness and the yeah. quantum field and all the information. It just like immediately puts me right right there. You have to use earphones or like Mm -hmm. they have special earphones that I've also purchased because I did so much 
meditation that they sit right on your ears and send the signal right into your brain or your whatever. Ooh. Yeah, I love <laughs> so, it. Oh, you know what's another one that just makes me think of this? What? Um, so gosh, I went to uh, the biohacking conference years ago and this guy had a blue light that you shine up your nose. That's what it was. It was like you shine it in your nose or your ear and it's a direct path to your brain and it sends a signal. And the night that I did that, I slept really, really well. Now, granted, I was doing a lot of other biohacking at the same time, so I can't isolate it, but that's something <laughs> yeah. to look into. Um, he had some kind of Russian name. So that's a, another sleep hack for getting good right. deep sleep. But really, truly, I think sleep really has to do with just letting go and because it is about receiving sleep. Like you can't go out and get it. I say this all the time. Like it's about <laughs> relaxing, you know, and letting go and, you know, of the tension in your muscles, of the tension in your mind. Right. And if you're somebody who wants a lot of control in life, tapping on that control is going to help you release and let go and receive. That was my next question. So yeah, so what do you tap on? So just tapping on anything you're feeling, if you're, t- yeah. if you're stressed about the day or whatever it is, or you can just say, I've, even though I'm having a hard time letting go or whatever you want to yeah, say. Yeah, or I have doom and gloom down. thoughts about the future, you know, right. some of us really... Yeah we could go down that rabbit hole. In fact, I've actually talked to spirit about that yesterday. I did. And they just were like, don't focus on any one reality for too long. Like if it's negative, right? So like you can dip in, dip out. I've talked about this before, like with the news, like dip in, dip out, get the information, but don't spend too much time creating that reality because that's what we really are doing is energetically creating that reality and that we're going to show up in. And, and honestly, I'm, I tune my body all the time to be in the flow of what needs to happen. So if I start directing in the wrong way, then I'm going to start responding to that reality versus the reality that I want. So um, that right. was the the warning that spirit gave to me was just like, make sure you're still staying, you know, even though I am, they were just like, that's how you, <laughs> that's how you continue to live the life that you're leaving right now. You know, it's just don't stay too long right. in a reality you don't want. That's very good advice. Yeah, well, that actually brings me to one of the other questions that came up, which was the reticular activating system, right? Yeah, so I was, you talk about it a lot and I kind of know about it, but I, you know, I don't think a lot of people have heard of it and really know what it is and how it, how it affects us and what it does. Yeah, so I think the best way to look at the reticular activating system is just simply call it a lens. When I first started meditating, I realized that there were these lenses that we could view the world. And it's like, which lens do I want to look at the world through? They Mm -hmm. even say like rose-colored glasses, right? You know, like you have that option to have rose-colored glasses about the world. Like people might make fun of you, but you'll be happy, right? Like you'll, you'll just see the good in things and you'll just continue on your way and you'll it'll be amazing how the world will respond to you in that mm-hmm. way. Like maybe some people will judge you, but you won't see it. You won't feel it. You won't know. You won't care. Right. And like, let them judge you for being happy and looking, right. you know, looking on the, you know, the glasses half empty. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> the other way that I would suggest looking at it in addition to the lens idea is that we are like a magnet. So if we have a magnet that is full of trauma or negative experiences that we haven't yet released, we are going to pull in the same thing. We're going to pull in those that more trauma, more negative experiences. And what we want to do is we want to be the shiniest, cleanest, (laughs) most sleek magnet that we can, right? Every time we feel that resistance or judgment from people or, you know, we are judging other people, we want to look at ourselves and say, oh, here's an opportunity for me to learn and and grow and release this trauma that obviously is there. Judgment is usually a lot about the fact that someone else is giving themselves permission to do what they want and you are getting pinged about how you weren't given permission, right? To Mm -hmm. do something, right? So when you are getting upset about somebody doing something, you want to look at in what ways was I denied or I felt like I was denied my right to be myself. What are the Mm -hmm. ways that like people have tried to control me and tell me who I am when I want to be something else? Right. And working on that trauma. Yeah, that's the trigger, right? Mm -hmm. So like people people judge me all the time, but I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, I don't really care because I've worked a lot of energy that it doesn't, it doesn't like get in. You know what I mean? That's the point is that it just can bounce off. In fact, Tanella, when I first met her, I she calls this like some sort of like Taekwondo move or something like that. I don't I wish I remember what it was called, but she was like, Yeah, I just let it bounce off me. Like I just go and she would she showed me like how she just pushes it to the side of her. 
I recently, um, you know, another podcast that you introduced me to, or Mark, obviously, is the Magic Carpet Cast, and Gemma talks about bubbling up. Right. And I've learned that recently from her, along with your tools of how to protect my energy and get rid of, you know, negative energy. And if you basically put like a, a bubble around you so that nobody can interfere with your energy, it's kind of the same idea. Or my friend does a squirt bottle and squirts away yes. every, all, everything when they don't like that or, you know. Yeah. Like yeah. That. I know. I know that person. Yeah. Debbie. I'm, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, lo- I, lo- I love that she does that. Um, yeah. You know, and that's the thing actually. So I've recently, I mean, obviously I've been telling Fenella for years to clear her energy and how to do it. <laughs> and all that. But for whatever reason, it finally hit home that she really needs to do it. And she sat down, actually, it was last week, you know, she was like, listen, I got to tell you, the rose isn't working for me. Like the technique of the rose, the way that you describe it, it doesn't work for me. I said, I've told you a million times, you can pick whatever you want. Like you yeah. can do whatever you want. Yeah. But it, she didn't hear that, right? Yeah. Until I recently. didn't either until recently. Yeah. So like Debbie, for instance, she just decided she was going to spray herself with roses. Like that's yeah. what made her happy. Like that's what worked for her. Yeah. So really when you're clearing your energy, like I give you suggestions, but you can modify it, you know, yeah. for yourself. So I was like, I want to envision a vacuum cleaner with roses <laughs> around it. That's what she wanted. And I was like, go for it. Like, I'm not here to tell you what right. you, you should or should not have. Right. I just give suggestions. So anyway, so what was the point of that? Uh, we were talking about a particular know, activating system. I us off track. Sorry about that. So it's basically mirroring or a lens of basically what you're putting out is coming back. Right. Then there's another piece to it, right? Right. So obviously, you know, clearing your energy when you do it through a visualization obviously helps to clean that magnet up, right? That's an easy way of cleaning up your magnet. The other way is obviously through looking at the trauma, looking at the resistance that you feel and using tapping to move that out. Are you about to yawn? I did feel it a little bit, but I wasn't. Did I look? Feel it in your throat, like I'm tired. And you said you were tired too. I'm feeling a little tired. It's funny. (laughs) So you know, tapping is going to actually help you release that trauma. So it's going to be this like constant cleaning of your magnet. Like it's a work in progress, right? You know, I've been working for 16 years on cleaning my magnet, and even probably before that, right? Because I was in college and I was learning about psychology and when I was growing up, what was happening and all that stuff. So I've been consciously working on myself for a very long period of time. And so the reticular activating system, we want to clean up this trauma because when our magnet is clean, we pull in those experiences that we want, but essentially we're also going to start seeing the world the way that we want. Mm-hmm. So we are going to um, basically changing the lens, changing the lens, right? What we want it to be right because we, we won't have these matches in us that keep pinging and telling us, let's right. say we're not good enough, right? We'll move that out, and then all of a sudden we're, that we're good enough, and then the world will react differently to us because we will be reacting differently to the world. So it's this like feedback loop, and also actually Wayne Dyer talks about that too. You know, that's when you change the way you look at things then the world changes in response. So, and it's part of the quantum field is that relationship of like, you actually can't really study quantum physics or it's very difficult to study quantum physics because as you become the observer of the thing that you want to change. You come entangled with it. Exactly. Like, so it becomes part of your experience. And so therefore it starts changing. So it's based on your thoughts. Right. So like, if you're expecting it to do something, it does that thing. And that's the problem with observing quantum physics. And it's not called the hard problem of, um, that's a different thing. Anyway, they're all entangled because I was talking about consciousness, but consciousness is also this idea of the quantum field, right? So we're connected to the quantum field we have consciousness, but they're starting to understand that consciousness might not just be in the brain. And that's something that I learned a while back when I saw this uh, video about a man who had major dementia and he was put in hypnosis and he was able to recall like half of his brain was like gone and he was able to recall his life under hypnosis. Right. right? So they're like, where the hell is he getting this information from? Like half of his brain's not working. Like how is he getting it? And I've seen that when I've done energy healing sessions on people who have some sort of memory problem and they can recall things, you know, through energy work. And it's kind of fascinating. It's you know? crazy. It's like yeah. you're accessing their like soul right. or their spirit that knows the information. They just can't. It's their energy. And, yeah. and that's why like, you know, when I first started out doing energy, energy work, I would go over like uh, an injury or something like that. Basically to me, what it feels like is stuck energy. So it feels 
it looks gray and it will feel stuck. So it's almost like you're putting, if you were to like glide your hand through the air, it will slow down if you're me trying Mm -hmm. to feel it. And then all of a sudden I started getting curious about like, what's causing that? Like what's causing the slowdown, you know? And sometimes it was just an injury. And, but Mm -hmm. a lot of times that injury will have information. So I would start to see if I asked, what happened here? And then I would see, oh, a skiing accident, or I'd see a door closing on the, the leg, or I'd see a divorce that was 12 years ago. You know, it was information that was there. And it was fascinating to see that there was a relationship between the stuck energy and the information and the accident, you know, it was all right. stored there. So part of healing has to be releasing all of the trauma on all the levels, right? So getting the communication going and flowing the way that it used to be. What's your take on cancer and energy? Because I know I've heard that, you know, it's negative energy and, you know, but what is the relationship? I I read a book. I read, did you ever read the book by Anita Morjani, Dying to Be Me? Wayne Dyer wrote the foreword for it, but she basically had a near-death experience and it's all about that. You know, that brings up a question that you actually just asked me before, which is like, why does bad things happen to good people? Correct. So, right. so let's talk about in the both parts. So one of the things that you mentioned was, you know, like, what is cancer? So to me, from what I've learned and what I've seen, and it appears to be about anger. So repressed anger and, you know, working through that anger. But overall, any sickness has to do with a predominant state, I believe, of fight or flight. So of course, if you're angry all the time, you're going to be in fight or flight. Like you think the world is dangerous. You're holding on to things that are upsetting. You have an angry lens on, you know, and Buddha says this, you know, anger is like holding on to a hot rock and not throwing it. Right. Right. And I remember when I learned that, I was like, oh, right. You know, it is just burning me to hold it. Correct. That's another reason why we want to just let go. You know, it's it doesn't serve us to hold on to those things. Coming back to the four agreements, which you love, I know, Mm -hmm. is people are just doing their best. You know, just assume. I know it's funny that we said don't make assumptions, but just say everybody is doing their best. And if they hurt me, it was not personal. And maybe this is part of my journey, which leads me into the second part of what you asked is like, why do bad things happen to good people? It is a tough question. It is a really, really unique answer for everyone, um, Mm -hmm. I believe. And I've been tested many, many times in my life about this concept. People have challenged me on it a lot. Mm -hmm. And my belief is that if we take the 30,000 foot view, that things are happening for a reason and we don't always know that reason, but they all are coordinated for our highest and best good. That is just my default understanding. It is an intuitive knowingness that that's the case. For instance, like I really wanted to have a second child. I really, really wanted to have one. And all the signs, I'm telling you sign after sign after sign was that I would. I mean, I'm talking like, crazy, out there, weird shit. How is this possible that this is showing up to prove that I would be having a kid, (laughs) right? A second kid. And it didn't happen. And it didn't make any sense. So at a certain point, I had to just let go and just say, I don't understand why you would give me all these signs. One of the interesting things was, is that the spirit had a different journey. So the spirit wanted to come in when the world was at a different vibration. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, how will I know? You know, when is that vibration? Like, of course, now I know there's a very different vibration on the planet, right? right? You know, we're obviously- The spirit's like, fuck no, I'm not going to that world right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think actually the the, the spirit was like, I'll come after all that shit has been settled. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But it it wasn't in my timeline, right? So like- that was really heartbreaking. And, you know, I, down to like a couple months ago, I was on a hike and the baby spirit had told me her name and her name was going to be Callie and yeah, K-A-L-I. And I was on a hike and I was thinking about, I'm like, gosh, this is, you know, like an interesting place to be at, you know, that I'm okay with it. And of course I find a heart on the ground that says, if found missing, call my mom. My name is Callie. <laughs> Can you imagine? <sighs> Like, <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, I got the yeah. chills. That's so crazy. Yeah. I mean, it was over and over and over again of things like that happening. And it was really, really hard. I actually almost abandoned everything that I knew. I almost stopped doing healings. You probably remember that. Yeah. I took a break for a couple of months. Yeah. Uh, probably like two, three months. And I took care of me and I took care of like my beliefs in the universe. I had to reorient my reticular activating system for Mm -hmm. the future. And 
try to look at why things happen. But, you know, for instance, in, in bringing in a spirit, there's more than just me involved, right? There's Aiden, who's my son and my partner, and there's me, mm-hmm. and then there's that spirit. And, mm-hmm. and then there's many other people, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's contracts and things like that. And sometimes things just aren't right work out, you know, right. and we just have to trust that it's for our highest and best good. And one of the things that I did fear was that it would kill me, you know, by accident, obviously, or you right. know, through. Was you had a tough pregnancy. I did. I had a tough pregnancy. And so it might not have been the best choice for me, right. you know, if I wanted to continue to, let's say, do a podcast or right. help people heal, you know, I could have brought a child in, but then we I would need you been, on this planet. Right. I would have been taken out. So, you know, <laughs> it's, it's really, yeah. it's actually the first time I've ever talked publicly about it, but a lot of my friends no, and, and even it's clients really know that I was trying to get pregnant and it was, it was not happening for me. And I really, my heart goes out to all the women that have wanted babies and couldn't have them. And, you know, I feel you. <laughs> So yeah. Ultimately, we we all experience things like cancer or other events in our lives that you were like, what the fuck is the point of this? Like, this sucks. Like, this is not fair. Right. I don't want to experience this. Right. But I think that we could either get angry and mad, which I did. I went through the emotions of grief and anger and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I came to like, I could either believe that everything is happening for my highest and best good because it continues Mm -hmm. to create the life that I want, makes me happy, or I could stay angry. And I just decided I wasn't going to stay angry. I wasn't going to stay focused on something that I couldn't have or, you know, and and by the way, for anybody who's out there that's like, why didn't she adopt? We tried that stuff. (laughs) So it just been a long journey, but it's really tough. It's yeah. heart wrenching. I have friends that have gone through it. Yeah, both sides. It's so hard. Yeah. And and I certainly cleaned up my body throughout the years. And I certainly learned a lot through the journey. And that's what I chose to focus on was like, right. what did I get from this? And in fact, one of the upcoming podcasts, which I guess this will be coming out after it, is with Holly Bertone. And she got cancer. She got breast cancer. And she turned it into a mission to help women be more grateful and find the message and take care of their bodies. And she went on this whole path to um, becoming more DIY and, you know, changing out the things that are in her life, like that are... Did you say D-U-I-I? No, D-U... Sorry, D-I-Y. DIY, yes. Yeah, so yeah. do it yourself. So like she Absolutely. makes, you know, lotions and things like that and yeah. chemicals and, you know, like natural stuff, natural products. Right. I relate to that so much as to, you know, what people have heard me being sick for nine or 10 years. I, I don't know if I would have found, been on this spiritual journey had I not gone through this. I don't know if I would have been enlightened and woken, you know, I, I'm, I'm in such a better place and now I'm healthier probably than I ever was before and right. happier than I ever was before. So it was, I mean, I was so sick. I didn't leave the house for, I barely did anything and I'd have to wear diapers sometimes to leave the house. I mean, I was really sick for so long, but something in me just said, you know what, just don't let this bother you. Just keep going. And I mean, I ha- you have your moments and you cry and you have to just deal with them, but you just have to choose to move on. It's, you know, it's shifting the reticular activating system. Yeah. It's just shifting to see the good, you know, what yeah. am I learning? And, and then that'll bring in more learning and that'll bring in more happiness. And truthfully, what, ha- what happens is your body starts to relax and then your body does its thing and it heals. Right. Um, in, in my opinion, and based I 100% on some agree. research, you know. And I think the biggest thing is whenever you're in a funk or you're feeling sad or you're having negative thoughts, think of 10 things that you're grateful for. Totally. I mean, it really does. I mean, you say that to go to bed, you, you say what you're grateful for at night. It just makes you happy and put a smile on your face sometimes when you're doing it, you know, or all yeah. the time when you're doing it, it makes you feel better. It's interesting. When I first started out with this spiritual journey, that was what I did. I had a rock in my pocket and every time I touched it, I said what I was grateful for. And I remember I was walking down the streets of New York and this guy, he was a homeless man walking towards me. He just shouted at me like in the most beautiful way. He he goes, I saw you coming from down the street. Your energy is beautiful. And he's like, keep doing it. And I was like, wow. Like I felt probably one of the times in my life where I felt the most seen, right? And um, it was really sweet. And uh, and I wanted to, I I wish I could have been like, thank you. I mean, I'm sure I was like, thanks, man. Right, right. Aw. But you remember that for the rest of your life, you know? And and I really think that uh, what I was doing was, cultivating my energy. And I think my uh, friend, Amanda Gates, she talks about cultivate your chi every day, you know, make sure that your environment is conducive to how you want to feel Mm -hmm. in your environment, you know, make sure the energy is flowing. If there's something that's 
hanging you up and making you upset or not making you relax. Just take care of it. You know, so many times we're like, oh, I should just do that thing. And we don't go to it and get to it and it stays on our list and that stresses us out, you know, so it's important just to take care of those things and cultivate your chi, you know, whether it's in your body or your environment. I like that. Cultivate your chi. Whenever I'm feeling like I'm, I don't feel like doing that. I always say to myself, do your best. And yeah. it makes me do it. Do right. your best. Do your best. Because if yeah. you can do it, then do it. Oh my gosh. Aiden's been calling us on all the four agreements. It's so funny. Oh my gosh. I meant to tell you this. So yeah, uh, what was it? Sunday, we went for a bike ride, Aiden and I, and we went to a coffee shop and there was a young girl. She was probably 14, 15, 16, something like that. And she had taken her dad's shirt, cut it and made it look cute. But on the back, it said the four agreements. And the way that, yeah, it said, I'm in a great mood. And then it said, I for impeccable with your word, you know, and they went through uh, all the agreements. Yeah. So I said, Aiden, look, it says I'd be impeccable with your word on her shirt. And he was like, Oh my gosh, you know, like he That's he so it. awesome. I you know, love the, it when people know the four agreements. It's, I know. I, I said to her, I'm like, Do you you know what that is on your shirt? And she's like, Yeah, I know it's the four agreements. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> Just want to make sure <laughs> she knew how, how impressed I was with her shirt. You know? Yeah, I gotta go find that shirt. Yeah, I was actually gonna Google it and see if I could find one. It's I-N-N-A. There we go, right there. Um, I have it on my desk. I have it framed in my in a, in a frame. I have a bracelet that Mark gave me. I got on Etsy that has them on. It really helps you just to feel happier in life, for sure. It and does. It, you know, brings me to the last question that we needed to go over. How do you help your kids, right? Like, oh, right. without being overbearing, right? So depending obviously on the age of your kid, you know, we want to always as mothers or a lot of mothers, I should say, and parents want to protect their child from experiencing things that are unpleasant, let's just say, mm-hmm. like to say it mildly. But at a certain point, like we said, you know, there are things that we're going to experience in our life that are going to suck, they're right. going to be terrible, but they're part of our growth and we're not going to escape them because we've actually, I believe, signed up for them. Like for instance, I signed up for breaking my back when I was 16 years old. I believe that. Right. I believe I signed up for the fertility journey, right? Like the weirdness of the infertility, fertility, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like I almost didn't fit in either camp, so I don't even know how to explain it. But, you know, I signed up for that. So a lot of times we want to protect our children and really it's not always in our best interest. So what I like to do and tell parents is to clear your energy and then ask your kid whether or not they want to learn about clearing their own energy. But essentially you want to pull your energy out of their space. So a lot of times I see kids not doing things for themselves because their parents' energy is in their space. Yes. So they have an understanding or an awareness on some level that mom will take care of it or dad will take care of it or my guardian will take care of it or my teacher will do it for me, right? So if you're in a kid's space, it's not really giving them the space to grow in the way that they really want to or should. So I really urge parents to pull their energy back from their kid's space and, and give them that space to kind of navigate and figure things out on their own. Because they'll learn things and, and they'll experience life the way that they're supposed to be, even though it's so hard for us to watch them make mistakes, right? So but it's hard. part of our journey too, right? right? To like let go and say, you know, obviously if your kid is like really in danger, don't pull your energy out and or anything like that. Right. But overall, the scheme of things, like we have to have the understanding that our kids are going to go through things that are going to be unpleasant for both them and us to watch. But it could be part of their journey and it's best to just try pulling your energy out, see what happens. I think that is the most amazing advice because I think I did that. Luckily, I did a lot of that. But, you know, I think that you can very easily get swept up into wanting to either fix or fill in holes of where you wish you, how you wish you led your life when you were their age or what you want for them. And it's like, you just have to sit back and let them do what they want to do. It, it ruins kids when parents push on their own agenda on them and their own, right. their own issues. Um, or they get to be like 17 and they don't know how to do make anything decisions for themselves. For themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and that's how you start out is making some decisions for yourself and making mistakes and then getting comfortable with you right. making mistakes. You know, that's an important part of life. So yeah. anyway, that goes out to the, the mom that was asking me about that. Uh, I think that's great advice. And other moms have been asking me about 
going back to school, like what are your thoughts about what's going to happen in September or or August whenever their kids are going back? Mm -hmm. And and my answer is just wait till the fat lady sings, you know, just (laughs) (laughs) worrying about it between now and then is going to take you on a roller coaster. Yes. Hourly. Right. Yes. And let's say there's, you know, 45 days before the next time they go back to school or should be starting school. That's a lot of hours of going up and down on this roller coaster. And that's, oh, yeah. you know, going to ping your your third chakra and wanting control and wasting your creative energy on things that you don't want to happen. And my advice really is just to let things fall where they're going to fall and <laughs> then make, go. yeah, let it go and then make your decision from there. Yeah. I mean, I'm not Take saying- Take day to, by day. Yeah. Like I put a deadline. I said, I'll start worrying about it on July 31st. Okay. So I have 15 days to figure out where my kid's going to school or what we're doing in order to manage his schooling. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, I have one. That's all I have to worry about. But try to find a deadline that works for you so that you can kind of limit how much you're stressing over things, right? The best thing to do is really just stay present each day, enjoy the time. Because to be honest, you know, obviously COVID has made Aiden stay home more and it's been more challenging having him 24-7, seven days a week because we have work to do, but overall, I'm really grateful for the amount of time that I've had with him. Like I wouldn't have had that time if he had been going mm-hmm. to school and right. we always have a very tight relationship, but I feel like it's even evolved more oh, um, because of it. So again, you know, choosing to shift my reticular activating system, put on the lens of how is this mm-hmm. working for me? How is this mm-hmm. good? How, what are the, the benefits of having him home? I certainly was like, well, I'm not worried if he's sick. Like, <laughs> you know, I could take care of him, you know, he's home and that right. know, he's not missing school. I cannot tell you how much I was stressing about missing school this year. I must've had some sort of knowingness that sickness was going to be a problem throughout the school year because I kept being like, what if he misses too much school? Like, what are they going to, you know, do? He's in kindergarten. So it's, you know, like, why? Why worry about it? But anyway, right? it's just funny. <laughs> I think he'll be okay if he misses a few days of kindergarten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he'll yeah. make it through. Right. Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. So. It's, it, so in bottom line, you got to think positive, got to change your thoughts. When you start thinking about something that's negative, think about 10 things you're grateful for, take your mind off of it, move on and be present. Right. right. And, and in the end, just say like what your non-negotiables are about school. Like if I'm not sending my kid to school, if he has to wear a mask or whatever right. your non-negotiable is, right? Because right. everybody's got different ones. Some people are like, there's no way in hell I'm not. I'm not sending my kid <laughs> back not, to school. Yeah, there's no way in hell I'm not sending my kid back to school, right? <laughs> right. Some people, people have had enough. Yeah, exactly. And at a certain point, we do have to let go because what are we going to be afraid of every single virus that comes along? Right. You know, right. our body is designed to fight viruses and, Absolutely. and bacteria and things like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And we need to be outside and get exposed to things for our immune systems as well. Right. So there's well. a lot of different camps, right? You know, we yeah. were just talking about that. There's a different sides to the coin, you know, where some people are like, if we're staying inside, we're actually damaging our immune system. You know, it's... You got to do what works for you and what makes right. you Right. What resonates with you, right? Exactly. And like I said, we'll go back to what spirit was telling me, which is don't stay in any particular reality too long that you don't want, you know, you can dip in, dip out, but definitely try to stay focused on the reality that you want to create. Because in reality, all you have control over is your reaction to the outside world. And if you choose to have a pleasant one, then you're going to have a pleasant life. (laughs) Absolutely. If you choose to believe that everything's going to work out fine, then that's what you'll see. That's my belief. And I believe it 100%. Yeah, you've had enough practice with it that you understand that it really, I mean, here's an example. When I was 16 years old, I broke my back and and I need to talk to my nephew because he hurt himself and he's, you know, going to be limited. But like when I was 16 years old, I broke my back and I was out of school for nine months and then it took two years to recover from there. And soccer was the thing that I started when I was five. So I had been playing 11 years. I had been dreaming of playing, you know, professional soccer or even in college or whatever. And it was something that I absolutely love to do, but my whole world crumbled in minutes, you know, at the doctor's office. And I choose to believe that's one of the best things that ever happened to me, you know, because I learned so much about myself. I changed direction so drastically at that time that it was necessary for my growth to experience that. So we just don't know why things are happening, right? Like, so COVID, a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, you know, 
like my niece doesn't know whether she wants to go back to school or not. She's leaning towards going back to school because she's a uh, university, but people are like, well, why us? Why me? You know, you know, all this. And you're like, well, I don't know, but I do trust that it is for your highest and best good and that you're learning some things that are necessary for you as a generation. I mean, honestly, we're learning and changing so much. Like I was thinking about the fashion industry. I was talking to my friend who's very much in the fashion industry and she was saying how it's crumbling and how fast fashion is no longer, you know, and truthfully, that's kind of a good thing if you think about it, like for the planet, right? Like (laughs) people aren't buying the same clothes that they used to be buying all the time. You know, I mean, any of those places where we, you know, you felt like you needed to have a new outfit every right. It's all you need is happening. athleisure. <laughs> athleisure, right? <laughs> I learned that word recently. That's all we need. I know, right? Yeah, it's just it's, interesting. The whole world's changing. Companies, I mean, my own company, my whole company, we have 12,000 employees, my, my other job that I work at. We all were in our offices all the time, and now everybody's virtual, and they might stay majority virtual, you know? Right. It's, it's, people are seeing that the world can function this way. We're figuring out new ways of doing things. Yeah, it's very interesting what the repercussions will be in the future, and I do believe that this is a, the grand awakening oh, of our society. And I really do believe that we'll be called the unconscious society before. I mean, it really was kind of ridiculous how much we were consuming things and being unconscious about really what we were doing. And this is really the great awakening of like, oh, okay, so we can still exist without those things. And it's actually better for all of us involved. Absolutely. So actually, I was listening to when you were talking about God earlier, and it just made me think about some people feel uncomfortable. I feel like when you use God, you know, some people say Jesus Christ, or, you know, God, or this and that. And I'm just, it made me think, like, what are your thoughts about God and religion? Right. So, Yeah. So I used to be atheist. I mean, it's kind of crazy to say that um, now. So I grew up Catholic and I had to go to the Catholic church and I did CCD for nine years. And at that time I believed in God and I was kind of fine with it you know, the whole concept of it. But then as I got older and life got rougher and tougher, (laughs) I sort of let that go. Like uh, the belief that there was a higher power. I started seeing things that I wasn't really sure. Like for instance, bad things happening to good people and I abandoned the idea that there was a God or there was a force or something like that holding us all together or creator. And it wasn't until I wanted to kill myself that I really found God, (laughs) which, you know, is my darkest night, to be honest. Um, I've had other dark nights, but they haven't ever been that dark. And I feel like once I realized that there might be reincarnation, it started me on that journey of finding God. And Mm -hmm. it's interesting when I hear people say, well, God represents something negative to me because so many people have killed over in the name of God and things like that. And I do believe that would give God a bad connotation. But in my world, I don't think of that. Again, my reticular activating system is remembering all the ways in which I've connected with God. Basically, it saved my life connecting with God, in my opinion. So I don't have a negative understanding. And I think that the God that I know would not say kill in my name. That's just right. not something that it doesn't resonate with me. It doesn't, that's actually the furthest from the truth to me. Right. And when you so, say God, are you thinking like, is that spirit? Is that like, right. What do you so that's about? the thing is like, God is kind of like a short word to explain a whole real deep concept. Right. <laughs> so I, a lot of people call it the quantum field. A lot mm-hmm. of people call it the universe. For a while I called it the universe because I felt more comfortable calling it that. And then I've gotten comfortable with it over the years. Now, obviously, I've also had to work some past life energy around persecution, God, and things like that. So there has been some energy work related to getting to this understanding. Mm -hmm. But um, I actually started channeling recently about God and the spirit. So that would be separate from God. So when I talk to God, it's, I've only talked to what I believe is God twice. And you know... (laughs) It's God. There's just like this deep knowingness that this is coming from God. It was actually a loud, booming kind of voice yeah. in my head. And um, and it, I wasn't expecting it. Oh, in he he referred to me as my child. Now I'm saying he, but I don't really know if it was a he. In okay. fact, actually Aiden refers to her as a female. So wow. it was Does he has he communicated with God? I, Does he think he I has? think he has. I, he refers to God as if he's communicating with God. Okay. I'm, I can't really say yeah, for sure. You, you but don't know, right? Yeah. So anyway, so there's probably been two or three times where I've actually spoken to God or God actually spoke to me really. 
and he referred to me as my child and I was like, wow, <laughs> like was not expecting that. And it came out. Yeah. And you know, it was funny. One of the times that I did it, I was in a uh, healing session and the lady was atheist and I didn't say anything about it. And I did the healing session and she sat up and she actually didn't believe in what I was doing prior to. And then she sat up and she goes, there was a God presence in this room. She's like, and I can't believe I just said that. She's like, yeah. She's like, I'm forever changed from that experience. And I was like, and I did not say a single thing. It was pretty crazy. What did God say? Oh, I wish I remembered. Um, one <laughs> was of the it things, just profound? I mean, yeah, was it just- one of the things that, that came through in that session that I remember that might have been related to um, was rigid mind, rigid body. That's the only thing I can remember from that session. It was years ago. But um, wow, yeah, I, I do remember her sitting up and saying, oh my gosh, that was life changing. And there was definitely a God presence in the room. And I don't believe in God. <laughs> I was like, okay. That's wow. That's next patient wild. or next, next client. Right. So anyway, what, what I was saying was I was channeling a spirit energy uh-huh. that wanted to communicate with me. They were referring to God as a healer. And I thought, wow, that's really interesting. Or a force. And I like those terms as well right? because it really is just the connection between all of us. And that was the thing that they were trying to explain is that we are all here as individual units. That's what they were calling us, but we are part of the fabric of the collective, right? So we all have this ancestry or this DNA lineage, you know, that our families experience certain things. We know that, like we know our grandmothers sometimes and grandfathers and beyond. There you go. Amy's moving some energy. Um, And it's part of us. There's no separation between us and them because their information is in us. Like their DNA is in us. Their experiences, you know, I've been encoded on the DNA and then passed on. They think that that could be up to 80 generations. I believe that there really is infinite amount of information there. Anyway, so, so they were just saying that becoming a human is really about mastering this idea that we are one and one with the oneness. <laughs> and they said that it's a tough thing to understand, but like there is no separation really from the collective. You know, right. when you look at the quantum field, when you look at this DNA lineage and ancestry and when you look at the Schumann resonance and you look at the electromagnetic field of the earth, like we literally are all connected. This is, and we entangle with each other all the time. And right. so if that's what you want to refer to as God, that connection, that's fine. Uh-huh. You know, to right. me, I, I understand that some people want the scientific part of it and they want to say the quantum field or the universe. Right. But either way, we're all energy and we're all kind of in a soup. <laughs> you know, all the time and we can have boundaries and we can believe that we're isolated. And that's kind of where I was between, let's say 20 to 26. I felt like I was this isolated unit and I felt alone and I felt scared and I felt like the world was a dangerous place and not friendly and you had to work hard and it was, it sucked. And I, I really decided to check out that I really found God and then my life really changed. I mean, I tell people in three months, as bad as it was, it was that good. My whole life changed when I, when I realized that something needed to change because I was so upset and depressed and disconnected. Right. That as soon as I got connected, I started listening to my heart and taking care of my body and all that. My whole life changed. But I think that something is so important, and, and I understand that. But I think it's also important that when people say God, it, you're part of that. So it's not like so many people look to God to help them. And it's not outside of you. It's right. part of you. And that's the whole point. So that brings me to my tattoo that I have. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So I, when I was like 27 years old, I got a tattoo. And uh, part of the tattoo says, I honor the divinity that resides within me. So I am connected to God. And I do mm-hmm. believe that. And basically, I am connected to the field or the quantum field or however you want to refer to it. I get my information that way. And I am part of it. As much as we want to disconnect from it, we to a degree, I think we can, if we were truly atheists. And when I look at the energy that I had when I was between 20 and 26, like it really was this egg walking around alone and scared Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. sad. And then after that, gosh, the amount of love I feel in my heart for people, uh, no matter who they are, what they're experiencing or what they're saying or what they've done, you know, it's just incredible. Imagine what the world would be like if everybody was like that. And that's the whole point is we're all connected. So Mm. treat everybody like, you know, they're connected to you and part of you. And that's the thing when, as when I would do my energy healing sessions with people, I would be blown away by the, the things that people would present to me 
energetically speaking, and that we'd work on. And then I would see the mirror or like the thing that I needed to move within me. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't help but understand how divine it all really was and how amazing and beautiful that connection is that I get to be a part of, you know, to help somebody heal, but also heal myself. Right. And then just see how we're all you know, that was like the, the Scooby snack as Gemma says, you know, that I'd get, you know, it's just like the, the icing on the cake, the cherry, yeah, that, on the, yeah, the cherry on top. Like, it's yeah. just, it's like, I get yeah. to witness all this divine stuff and I get, and this get it. Yeah. Feeling, you know, it's just amazing watching. Right. People. That's why we heal together. Yeah, that's right. That's why we heal together. And we, I guess we should end on that <laughs> because really when we work on ourselves, we're healing ourselves, but we're also helping other people to heal. It's amazing. There's actually research out there and this will blow your all, all your minds is that all the people that I've worked on every time I've done a healing, everyone else has gotten a healing as well. Everybody you've ever worked with? Every person I've ever worked on, and now whoever listens to the podcast is now included, every time they get a healing, I do a healing. You get a healing. You get a healing. healing. That was the whole, yeah, that's the whole Oprah thing. That's why we call it Ophelia. Oprah used to say, you get a healing, you get a car, you get a car. But I was like, you get a healing, you get a healing. Exactly. And they figured this out in a laboratory with rats that for whatever reason, they were all connected. And if one got a healing, then the rest of them started to get better. I got to find the research, but um, I read it. I love it. So anyway, it was so great chatting with you about all this stuff. This is a crazy, wild episode. (laughs) It was. We covered all sorts of bases, but they're all tied together. You know, they really, it all goes together. So I thought it was really helpful and hope everybody else did too. Yeah, me too. Thanks, Amy. Thank you. today's podcast, you're going to love the UR Energy course. I'm going to drop the link below so you can pick up that course. I go much more in depth about the science behind healing and I share the tools and techniques that I use every single day to help my body heal. content provided by Amy Stark and her guests on the Ophelia podcast website or other platforms, including text, images, audio, or other formats were created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Amy Stark is not a doctor or a therapist.